0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast, where we dig into the truth and information. My name is Zoe Sands and I'm your host. And joined with me today is Ian Wood, Senior Director and Head of Technology Practice for Europe, Middle East and Africa. And today we're going to talk about the latest South Africa DataBerg research, which has recently been launched. Hello, Ian, and welcome back to the Voice of Veritas podcast.
1: Hello, Zoe. It's great to be here.
0: And it's also great to be in Johannesburg, South Africa. We normally sit next to each other at work, so recording live from your hometown in Johannesburg is quite an exotic location. Well, it is for me.
1: It makes a big difference. as It is for me. It's been a while since I've been back, but it's certainly different to the UK's rainy, cold, windy weather. It's beautiful sunshine and pretty warm here right now.
0: Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, so thanks, Ian, for joining um, this latest podcast. Um, Veritas has recently launched the second South Africa DataBerg research. This follows on from the original piece of global research which was conducted in 2016. I last caught up with Ian on the DataBerg research after JITECS in 2018 in Dubai when the second DataBerg research was launched for the United Arab Emirates. We also have a podcast on that particular research as well so you can dig into that at another time. with the data volume still growing rapidly across South African organizations and for the purposes of this podcast and for those that don't know what a databerg means, um, can you summarize what a databerg is, Ian?
1: Sure. Thanks, Zoe. Yeah, it's it's a good point because uh, as we've done this research and we continue with a databerg report, it becomes a a second language to us at Veritas. So let me quickly cover what a databerg is. In, In 2015, we did our first, first uh, survey to understand how organizations are managing their data. And what we noticed was quite, quite alarming is that a lot of the data is dark data. It's not really visible. So we came up with this concept that your, your kind of makeup or composition of your data in an organization is similar to that of an iceberg. There's a ton of data above the line that you can see, but actually there's even more data Uh, below the line that's not visible to you, and that's really where the name DataBerg came from.
0: So before we head into the research findings, can you clarify what you mean by dark data and rot data as these terms are used in the South African DataBerg reports?
1: Yeah, sure. Dark data really, if I start with dark data, dark data is really the data that you don't have any visibility to. That's where the, the word dark comes from. In more detailed view, this is the data that an organization has not classified. Uh, They don't really understand whether that data is uh, sensitive data, whether that data is uh, owned by one person or the other, or even where that data resides. It's kind of dark data. Uh, ROT data stands for redundant, um, obsolete, and trivial. Um, And another way of putting redundant is repeated, right? It's data that's duplicated. Obsolete is, is old data. And trivial data is really the data actually easier to reproduce uh, manually than it would to protect it, back it up and recover it. Uh, It's really trivial data.
0: So it's been three years since we last surveyed organizations in South Africa on the databerg. What were the key findings for the 2019 research findings for South Africa and how does this compare to the 2016
1: findings? Yeah, Zoe, the um, it's the simple way of understanding what changed is the composition of that data book changed. Um, so clean data pretty much tripled. And what we mean by clean data, remember, this is the data that organizations are tagging. They do know what the data is for. They're probably making some good use out of that data. So moving from 2016 of 10% of the data was clean, um, and, and therefore moving that all the way up to 28% is a huge shift, as I said, Almost three times more clean data, which is fantastic news. In in the fact that we um, have much more clean data, um, one would guess that dark data significantly reduced, which it did. So dark data in uh, two thousand sixteen was fifty eight percent of all organizations' data was dark. It's now gone down to forty one percent, which is fantastic news again uh, by virtue of uh, us having more clean data. There's still a lot more work to be done, though, right? Because one thing that really alarmed me was the fact that the rot data only dropped by one percent. Remember, rot is the redundant, obsolete, and trivial data. So what that really means is organizations actually know they have rubbish data or rot data. They're not doing much about it. And that's one of the other really interesting things that the uh, the new DataBerg uh, report revealed.
0: So the good news is that South African organizations are beginning to take control of both their clean and their dark data. But why is there still so much rot data around?
1: Well, I, I think two things, right? I'm going to go with two, two areas. Firstly, the, uh, the more individual area, right? So um, many, many individuals are what we call data hoarders. And you can get the data hoarding um, uh, research that we've done previously as well. And I don't think that mindset of making sure I store everything forever with a promise that may deliver something in the future has changed. So as individuals, they don't really think about not storing data or deleting data proactively. They just have this mindset that storage budgets are endless and we're going to store everything forever as data holders. So that's the first thing. The second thing, really, it actually comes sometimes down to IT themselves. In the same uh, Databurg report that we did this year, uh, I noticed that 56% of all South African organizations calculate their storage budgets based on volume and not not value, which they could do. So there's an open question is, is that a self-fulfilling prophecy that my budget increases IT the more data we store, so it's not in the interest to clean it up.
0: What data management processes and tools can organizations use to start tackling their dark data stored today?
1: Yeah, I think the first area is is providing visibility. You, you can't manage what you can't see uh, for obvious reasons. So. If you as an organization are out there and you don't actually know uh, what data you have, what data is dark, you're not doing great forms of classification, I always say start with visibility because once you have that visibility, it leads into the second area and that's a very obvious one called assuming control. Um, So once you have the visibility, you can have an informed conversation with the lines of business. So I'm saying that's really coming from an IT tool set of visibility, and then you can create a workable uh, governance uh, strategy uh, that's ideally sponsored by sea level to start making a change here uh, in and, and changing the composition of the DataBerg even more in South Africa.
0: Moving to the cloud is a global trend. So, looking at the South Africa DataBerg report, it identified South African organizations want to adopt the cloud but may not necessarily have the budget they need to do so. Can you share some details from the report on cloud adoption rates in South Africa?
1: Sure, Zoe. Um, so you're right. 39% of organizations that we surveyed this year in South Africa um, did say that they are currently using public cloud in some shape or form. So if you're out there thinking you, you know, South African organizations are not adopting public cloud, that's actually incorrect. They are. Uh, what's interesting there is if I go back to 2016, Thirty-seven percent of the organisations said they were using uh, public cloud in some shape or form. So there's only been a two percent rise in that in that expectation. Um, and then, really, what I, I noticed is that cloud adoption in the summer year hasn't really been as fast or wide as it should have been. Uh, although potentially the cloud explosion is on the horizon, where fifty-one percent. I expect to be using public cloud in the the next 12 months. So public cloud, in summary, not quite where it should be.
0: Ian, so why is that then?
1: Yeah, I think it's three reasons, Zoe. Um, Number one comes really down to security, right? Security is a big area. And in fact, part of security is data sovereignty, right? So where are South African organizations sending their data? They're very sensitive. So data sovereignty, data security, without a large global cloud service provider set up in South Africa yet has been one of the, think the key challenges or inhibitors to public cloud adoption in South Africa. So now that I think the big uh, cloud service providers are set up to be opening data centers in South Africa, that could be why the 51% will be doing this in the next 12 months. Number two really is around South Africans perhaps having the luxury of being late to the public cloud adoption they can be wise. <laughs> I think they, there's a lot of conversation in, in our survey of of how South African organizations are concerned about the increase of cost over time by going public cloud. And the early adopters in Europe on public cloud perhaps were not even just jumped into the public cloud. Now that they've been there for some years, they've realized that the longer term prospect of uh, public cloud services could be uh, a higher cost over time if cost is one of the reasons you go into cloud. And then the third thing, part of really the, the, the wisdom that they've gained is that, again in our survey, the concern that South African organizations have is around cloud lock-in. It may be an easy one-way trip to get into the cloud, but how do I get out of there if I don't want to be there in the future? So that's probably some of the areas being wiser that South African market has been able to, uh, to have a look at before they jump straight into cloud.
0: So we've covered cloud. Um, I want us to go on to covering something about um, disaster recovery. So, how often are South African organisations testing their disaster recovery services?
1: Yeah, disaster recovery in South Africa. You would expect there, you know, based on a lot of the unique challenges the South African market face around different disaster vectors that could come at them, whether that is power load shedding or perhaps ransomware type attacks. You'd expect disaster recovery to be top of mind, and in some ways it is. 47% of organizations are testing disaster recovery once a quarter based on the fact once a quarter testing is is best practices. What really concerned me was actually this is a massive decrease since the 2016 report where 64% were testing uh, that that data uh, once a quarter. So they're testing less frequently and i suspect this is due to two things one is a skill shortage again that's echoed in the the survey and the other one is budget pressures so perhaps not enough individuals to make those testing uh, exercises happen and perhaps costly exercises so that's one of the slowdowns in disaster recovery testing uh, that's uh, unique to the south african market
0: and then final thoughts i want us to just quickly touch on compliance because we haven't talked about that so far don't organizations need to know what data they are storing under the Protection of Personal Information Act, also known as Poppy?
1: Yeah, um, Poppy is a big topic this week in South Africa, uh, but alongside Poppy, GDPR in fact is as, as big uh, for organizations that are either large international organizations or they've realized they have European citizens in South Africa and their data they need to protect. Um, So, some recommendations I have about dealing with PAPIA or perhaps with GDPR and, and many privacy or data regulations that come out there. Number one goes back to the original discussion around visibility. It's important to understand where your personal data is stored so you can manage it effectively. Number two is making sure that you have the capability to find and search data. You may need to reproduce data very, very quickly for subject access requests. Number three minimize the amount of data you store. It's difficult to store data forever and everything forever when you have so much scrutiny on data privacy and protection of that data. And then finally, no matter what you do, make sure you protect that data because that's where the biggest fines are gonna be for these data regulations, uh, things like breach breach notification and data loss events are what's gonna really cause the biggest challenge.
0: So to summarize this DataBerg podcast, getting a handle on your data management is essential. General advice would be to educate your workforce to prevent a data hoarding culture. Use technology and the tools to help you classify the data and Veritas can help you do that. And finally, ensure you protect the data you have stored on premises, virtually and in the cloud. Thank you, Ian, for sharing the results from the latest South African DataBerg research. That's all for this episode, and you can find more details on the DataBug research very shortly. We'll have that online for you to download. You've been listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Spotify, and keep up to date on the latest podcast. And don't forget to visit veritas.com for details on the latest solution offerings. Thank you, and goodbye.